This is Rob the Witch from Necromicon, and you're listening to Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. My name is Christopher. Nice. <laughs> That's with Very a K. Nice. That's with a K. That's with a K, correct. Chris K. with a K. <laughs> Today, we're, we're going to head down a, uh, a darker path than we've been before. We're going to chat with Rob the Witch from Necronomicon. Rob and the I don't Witch. Know how to, yeah, and I'm, they're from Canada. I think Quebec, to be honest with you. Mm. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with them. I sent you some stuff over a video the other day, but they're you actually... Me, you they to be honest? Not, I'm not familiar yeah. with them at all. That, that doesn't surprise me at all. I know you uh, I've been spend sitting, lots of time. I've been sitting in front of Pro Tools and ignoring the world. So please, right. don't, please don't. For anyone that's listening that's tried to get a hold of me, uh, there's a reason I didn't get back to you. Because I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> right, right. And I know you how much time you put prepping into all this stuff. So it's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what I was going to tell you is these guys are blistering heavy. It's sort of okay. like a black metal meets death metal thing. They're from Quebec, which I was saying. And believe it or not, I think I was telling you this, but when I was putting together my movie Metal Missionaries, I needed some people on the opposite side who were well-spoken, not just going to say, oh, I fucking hate it, you know, yeah. had reasons and, you know, were well-spoken. And Rob was one of those guys, and it turned out really, really nice. Nice. Because, I mean, you know, I don't care what his opinion is, just have a reason for your opinion, not just because, oh, I fucking hate it. Oh, they're named after a book. Yeah, that's like, uh, this is a really dark one, though, because it's like the, uh, isn't that like Aleister Crowley's book? H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Oh, Lovecraft. I thought it was Alistair Crowley. Yeah, so, yeah. Necro as a fictional grimoire and featured many of his stories. It's a fictional grimoire textbook of magic. All right, you got to tell me what a grimoire is because I'm not sure. I don't know either. <laughs> Just to be honest. <laughs> You're saying that like, hey. Uh, it's a French word. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but you were saying it like you were better than me, and I don't think that at all. So well, that's just, how, that's just how French things. sounds. <laughs> <laughs> don't use big words. You don't know what they mean. Grimoire. Like if I say, je ne sais quoi, oh. je ne sais quoi, it sounds demeaning, but it really means, oh, I don't know what it means, actually. It means I don't, I, I don't it know. Means, it means I don't know. That's what it means. Is that the same as menage a trois? No, no, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> that's something different. It's the only French I know. <laughs> Man, where is this guy? Welcome. Meet yeah. my partner, Chris. Hey, Chris, what's up? Hey, man, how you doing? I don't know if you remember, Rob, but you did some stuff for me in that Metal Missionaries movie back a couple of years ago. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been like two, two years. Yeah. No, that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah it's been a long time. Oh yeah, well, uh, yeah, but, well, I'm happy. I like. I hope that the, the movie did well and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it for what it was, it did really well, and we had some. I was just telling Chris, I, I like that we had, you know, opposite opinions with people that were well spoken and not just uh, I fucking hate Christian metal or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It was definitely pretty cool. Oh yeah, well, you know, I, I'm. 
what I believe in when I do, it's this like a bunch of reasons for it. It's not just like, like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, you know, redneck, like, <laughs> whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, it's funny. It's funny when I, I look at it and I, I, I notice that the guy you choose for to be on, like, I can say, my side, <laughs> like, right. you choose the right guys, you know. Especially like you know, Worf and you know the singer from Samahel and yeah. and Ben, they're guys that have heads there, and you know it's uh, you you pick the the, the right people. It was yeah, cool. I mean smart guys who I mean who you know have their own beliefs and that's fine, and I want to hear them, but not because just because to be assholes. They were very well spoken, and it was exactly what I needed, so it was nice. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. It was well down on top of that. So. Excellent. Yeah. Well, anyway, when I hear talk about that, I just thought oh, I would uh, make a connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you doing all right today? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's too much. I'm like... ready to hit the road, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're about to hit the road like in a couple of weeks. And it's it's there's a lot of stuff going on right now because of that. You know, so. Where are you guys going? You have... I'm going in the, in the States where we're, we'll be there for like uh, on, from October 5th when he, 23rd to uh, November 24th. Oh, wow. When we're touring with Bill Fagor and Suffocation. Yeah. Oh, great tour. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's a really good. nice tour. Yep. It's actually coming here, so I'm hoping to see it sometime. I think it's the first week in November here in Virginia, so. No, oh, well, I don't know it by, you know, like, like this. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll run it by Katie, but I'll catch up with you when you're down here. So the new record is done, and now that it's done and complete, how do you feel about it, and are you satisfied with the outcome? Well, we'll see. Uh, well, I mean, production-wise and everything, of course, it's it's pretty like we we push the envelope, if I can say, like to the next level. Uh, working with Logan Matter from Machine Head, uh, wow. it was it, it was something that you know uh, our management. Uh, I was talking about it. We have a new management, and. Uh, the, the chick I'm working with, she 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 was listening to my ideas and she said, "You guys, you need to do it. You know, that's that's what you want to do. We we'll find a way to do it." And because I was like, uh, I don't know, you know, it's gonna cost a lot of money, yada yada, and that you know the industry is not what it was before, and yada yada again, you know, like just like not whining, but you know, like right. the reality of what how 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 it is these days. It's it's not a really nice place to be, you know, a musician these days, except maybe, I mean, Metallica always going to do money, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but, but, you know, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, hiring, you know, like real producer, big producer with names and shit that, you know, they're going to they're gonna do like the job, but, you know, financially, you know, it's less, how can I say, you know, pertinent. It's, it's harder to make the money back. Yeah, so we we just decided to do it anyway. We said, you know what, we'll do it. And Logan was super cooperative, super easy to work with, super funny, super chill. So that helped a lot, you know. And it's not like uh, we send the tracks and they mix and send them back. I went there, you know. I went right. there, you know, sitting there in the studio and working with him to for the things to be the most efficient in you know taking less time so yeah that was awesome and 
the album, you know, the album, the sound of the album is it's pretty much like way with the next level of where we, we ever been actually. Awesome. That's pretty awesome. What studio did you guys use? Uh, well, for the recording, we, we uh, worked at Silver Wing Studio here in Montreal. Oh, wow. uh, Silver Wing Studio is, uh, I, I was working with them you know, in the past, but for more of the orchestral, there was the, the, it's the kind of studio that specialized in music for video games and uh, the movies, you know, shorts and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, they, they were starting to get like quite a name and they, they relocalized and had like a bigger place and they decided to say, well, now we have a place to do like full bands and stuff like that. And actually, we're the first band who recorded drums there well, on their new location. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. I, I was going to ask you if it was an old CBC place, but I guess that. Uh that it's new so it's not yeah actually they've been around for quite a while but it was like not like a home studio because they had real gear yeah but like it wasn't like in a in an apartment like like modify apartment but now they really have like you go there there's the studio you know you can sleep there you know if you you're from out of town and you know etc and it's really awesome. I mean, and the guy That's there, cool. there was two guys before. Now it's only one guy, and the guy is on top of his shit. I mean, seriously, on top of his shit. So I really decided. I said, you know what? You're working with me for all the orchestration. Uh, would you be interested to do the entire album? They said, damn, yeah, man. And I was like, <laughs> oh. super happy to work with me. And it went so fast. It went so fast. We're we're really on the same page, and That's after great. that, after that, we while we were recording, we we're okay. Who are we gonna mix with? And and Logan was always coming back in the picture from one person to another. It's like yeah, Logan Madelai, and you know we go take a beer, and suddenly there's a band playing stuff. Holy shit, that sound! It's like Logan Matter. Every time there was Logan, every uh. time. So <laughs> I got the message like the post. <laughs> telling me you know so we we made it happen nice was that before he was back in machine head yeah uh actually i knew before everyone <laughs> <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> because that was happening when I, while i was there and he right. was really cranked up he said look i need to tell someone i'm not supposed to talk about it and i was like okay and he said and he opened his computer and showed me everything he said look at that shit and i was like oh that's funny geez. Fuck, man. He said, well, it's going to be announced like in three days, blah, blah, blah. And it was like super cranked up. So when it, it, it was released, I was at the hotel and I came back to the studio that day and was like, well, I can say that I knew it before the world knew. You <laughs> <laughs> had awesome. the inside scoop. Yeah, it really showed me everything. It told me everything. It was pretty awesome. You know, we, we got along so well, so quick. And there was a big trust and you know like you know a trust like really like that built between us and i i felt like he really trusted me and by you know like revealing all that stuff to me and you know i think we're going to be buddies for a long time how did you come about finding uh, getting him to do it was he did you ask him or did he approach you guys i just literally wrote to him i just wrote really? to him and yeah, because I said, look, uh, actually, we had a friend in common here in Montreal, 
and she wrote to him say hey my 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 friend is rob necronomicon blah blah they're looking for someone and i wrote he said yeah yeah we can talk and we we call we just called we, we didn't we sent emails first you know just like you know regular introduction blah blah and he said you know uh, can you call me i'm really busy blah blah i said yeah sure so we talked we're just talking you know and i know he's not working with everyone so he decided with who is working so you know it was like there was a chance you could say yeah well that product is like it's not you know what i want to do or blah 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 right he said no he said the music is really awesome he said you guys are you have something you know and you've been around for so long and it was like I, i'm i'm a, i'm in you know and that was awesome man. nice nice I, I have a bit of a different question for you, being that yeah. I, I live in D.C. now, but I used to live in Canada. Well, I grew up in Canada. And okay. Montreal is a city I've never been to, but it seems to have a real metal community or a metal scene there much more than the rest of the country. Why, why is, first of all, is it true? And second of all, why is it? Uh, yeah, it, it is true in part. Uh... I, it's not always been like that. It's not always been like that. In the 80s, it was more Quebec City, but okay. even so, it was not that big. It was, I, I mean, what it is at this moment, Montreal is super fucking, I mean, it became really, really big. I mean, I think it happened in the 90s. There's a production company you know, that started to book like all the these bands that they were not passing here before like we're talking about like uh, Cradle of Field you know and yeah. that started like in 1999 you know and a little bit before that and you know when Demu Burger came for the first time in America and after that the first time Amonomar came and the first time you know this band and the first time you know that was that booking company that started to bring all all, all of them, name it, all of them, and that built, that brought how can the metalhead how out from their home? Yeah, yeah, it, right. It started like really to. That's my point of view. Maybe some other people said no, it was like that before, but you know, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think it really started with that company that started to book so many, so many concerts. Like we're we're talking about three or four concerts per week sometime more and it was just like freaking like from vital remains to fucking like nightwish you know oh wow right so you know what we're not talking about slayer or metallica as though because i mean these this that's bands that need millions of dollars and shit but yeah. we're talking about the the real metal market you know every time everything that's going like like i said from vital remains to to to, to freaking nightwish you know that you have the palette there of like, you know, any band, and I think, I, th I think it's it started there, and you know, bands we have like bands like Cataclysm and Cryptopsy that you know, at first like many bands were nothing and started to have like international attention, and going on tour and like, but before that we had Gorguts, but you know there was only 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 one band once in a while. And even Necro, you know, we're, we're just like doing Canadian dates. You know, yeah. we went in the States, I think, in 95. I'm not sure. I'm, I barely remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, 
you know, I, I did so many shows. But I remember the first time we were invited. It was the Milwaukee Metal Fest. And something happened and everything went to hell. And, but it's really vague. I mean, I did a lot of, you know, you know concert and I don't, there's a lot of stuff I don't remember. How do you, how, how do you find the audiences like from North America to Europe? How do you how do you find they differ? Uh, it, it's a lot of people have the misconception that everything is better in Europe, and I, I don't agree with that. You know, uh, on some aspect, you know, the industry is more well developed uh, in Europe. Yes, you know, people product promoter more professional on a lot of levels, and uh, they have a different way to see how you know. Uh, how things work and for example you know you have your guarantee you have your guarantee there's not like the shady like promoter that's going to come out oh well I'm not sure I didn't have enough people no when you book a show you book a show and you need to have the financial backup for that you know that's how it works and uh, of course when you go a little bit more in the underground you know a lot of people don't get that and you're up uh, from my experience, but when touring Europe, I never encountered that. Huh. I never encountered that in Europe. Uh, but at the same time, I can say the same that I didn't encounter that much in the states. I had problem with a promoter only once, and and I did like maybe over I did like five or six hundred shows in in the states. So. My personal experiences is, and, and I don't want to bash people from here where I'm living, but the, the shadiest and the crappiest promoter all, were all from Quebec. Oh, wow. I think no. it's the same all over Canada, honestly. So, I, I'm, uh, I'm Canadian, and Canadian promoters are notoriously Ontario, shady. Yeah, and in Ontario, and one in Victoria that was pretty shitty, too. And in Ontario, but most, most of places, yeah, Canada so far have the shittiest promoter from my experience but some are some are really good oh yeah mile mile in vancouver is unbelievable he's so good but this like the crappiest promoter everywhere that i met it's in canada totally i hate to say that i agree with you but i totally do (laughs) (laughs) and on top of that i know because i passed a comment once in an interview like that and i got fucking smashed and it was like Look, I'm just mentioning, I'm not putting down people from here. It's a reality. It's, right. It's true. If I had a dime for every show that I went to go play and, we don't, and got I, fucked. I was expecting more people. I said, dude, it's like, it was not posted anywhere. You didn't do your job. I mean, it's not going to ha- it's not to the band to do promotions. You know, right. it. When you're local, but it's one thing. When you're touring the world, you know, you have a name. You sold like tens of thousands of albums. You don't have to do that. You post it. You encourage people. You don't have to go in the street and put posters and shit. That's a promoter job. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not bashing people, you know, like out of nowhere. It's just, it's the truth. It's just (laughs) the fucking truth. Amen, brother. (laughs) And I'm not a religious guy. <laughs> so, Rob, yeah. thirty years or however long you're into this, you said about thirty years, right? A long time, anyway. Thirty-one years. Um, do you do you find it difficult to uh, keep writing new, fresh material and not like rehashing some of the old stuff, or is that not really a concern? Uh, it's not a concern at all. 
It's not a concert at all. I'm just writing what I want to do. I'm just doing my music. And you know what? If I listen to what I was doing like in the 90s, for example, you know, what I'm doing right now is, from my point of view, is totally fresh. It's, it's different. I mean, it's, you know, we, we, we don't, when you're writing music, it's supposed to be with your heart, you know? You don't, I'm not writing music to say, oh, I need a song that's going to be brutal. I don't do that. If it's brutal, it's brutal. If it's not, it's not. So I just go with my, my feeling. Okay, well, well, that brings me to the next question, and, and you may have sort of touched on it. When you're writing, then, you're just writing the song, like, for the song's sake, not how it's going to come across on stage, right? Uh, no. I just, I, I, I just do how I feel it. It's not gotcha. Like, it's, not, it's not like, okay, we're going to do this and that, and, of course, I need to watch out for No, I don't. Actually, it, to the point that sometimes I put my, I, you know, I shut myself in the... to the point that's like i'm writing the music and i don't think about the lyric and and i think about the vocal and i'm like i'm gonna fucking play that now and singing (laughs) literally (laughs) i'm like ooh, that's gonna be a problem (laughs) you're like why did i just do that to myself Ah. So yeah and you know so far i'm doing i'm doing okay you know and i see I see it in a way to, um, you know, improve my playing. So, nice. but sometimes I'm like, fuck me, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm like freaking out and so why I did that? Why? <laughs> so far, I'm able to all do it. So, so far, <laughs> no complaint. Chris? Uh, I'm, I'm good. So, Rob, then I've got one for you. So being in the business that long, and I know we've asked this question of a couple other bands that have been around for a while do you find that people are bringing their kids to your shows now people that have grown up with you are now bringing you like you're getting another generation uh wow that's that's hard to say uh because <laughs> I know I know like I go to shows and now my kids are old enough to go to shows as well and so I'm bringing them and then turning them on to some newer stuff so I find that a lot of bands that have been around as long as you they end up benefiting from, does that make sense? Like benefiting from a next generation of fans. Okay, well, I have to say, yeah, that I have these kind of like kids, like from like 19, 20 or 21 or whatever, you know, and they come in, right. they, they discover the band and they think we're a new band. <laughs> <laughs> right, because they weren't around when you started, right? Yeah, that that's that still amazed me, actually, no matter the age, uh, it, it still amazes me that people don't, I mean, people don't really look really far. They just hear a song and say, oh, wow, he's there. They're like, whatever, the new behemoth. And I was like, well, I was there way before them. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's a, but that's a reality. That, that's true. And and people are like that. I said, well, uh, yeah, but, well, you know, I was not listening too much to that stuff, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> I've been around since 1988, so right. make just do the math. You know who was there first, who who's you know, but you know it still amazes me. And at the same time, when I look at the kid, I think parents. I mean, hopefully you don't force your kid to listen to metal. I and mean, if you want to listen to metal, it's right. Um, but I think it's really cool to see that. Yes, I I remember once there was that. 
that woman that brought uh, her, her daughter was like uh, eight years old, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got them like a VIP pass for backstage because I thought it was super cute, and she had like corpse paint and stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and she like her mom said she liked dark things. She just liked it, and she saw a picture of us, and she liked it, and she was like doing the windmill, you know, head banging, you know. Oh yeah. And I was like, nice. well, let's help because when you get old, it's going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that arthritis and the chance of throwing your shoulder out of a socket. Yeah, like stuff like that, you know. And so, yeah, so I, I think it's cool. And I, I liked the fact also, like, that a lot of kids these days, uh, I don't see, like, the, the big bad guy, the evil person or whatever it is and they they have less the attitude of metal that we had when we were young you know like satan and all that stuff because it's so much bigger than that yeah metal is so much more than all the satanic and like blah blah and it's almost laughable to my point of view yeah i agree it's like believe in what you believe fine don't fucking you know just don't annoy me with you, you know, you know your stuff. You know, if you believe in what I'm saying, fine. If you don't, go go somewhere else. And the kids these they, they they're less. How can I say scared? Is that word I was? They're less scared about the big mumbo jumbo because they're less people like saying like, oh, this is Satan music and stuff these days. Right. And it's a good. That's- it's yeah, cool. I mean, that's how I grew up. I mean, I grew up with that whole satanic panic thing back in the mid-late 80s. I think you probably did too, sort I of, Chris, right? I did too, yeah. It was, I, I always thought it was bullshit, honestly. Oh, it is bullshit. Yeah. I, it I, is. I, I, you know, to I, I shouldn't tell the story, but I got kicked out of church for wearing a pentagram into church because I was just so pissed off at the pastor or at the priest <laughs> because the priest gave this lecture on how Led Zeppelin was the devil's music. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll watch this. So I put on a Motley Crue t-shirt and went to church. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I got, I got a lot of problems when I was a kid. Sure. I, I got into a lot of trouble. I, I could write a fucking book. I mean, it would be, it, there's some stuff that happened to me. I, I still have difficulty to believe that happened. Yeah, I mean, they used to play records backwards and do all that stupid shit. Yeah, there's so much stuff that happened when I was a kid, like where I come from. It's not like Montreal or whatever, you know, it's a remote region. And yeah. Even these days, I mean, I'm going there and people like have that old mentality about like, ooh, satanic music. And I'm like, what the fuck? Which planet are you living, dude? In right. Dude, the fuck up, man, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there's some people and the people my age on top of that you know oh yeah i'm not Absolutely. like you know it's like fuck we're we're what the hand of the 40s like like beginning of the 50s you know yeah that, no i don't get it either all right you know? so i've only got a couple more for you one did you ever imagine you'd still be doing it playing music after all these years i never thought about it i never thought about it i, I I mean, I never stop, and I mean, it's almost creepy, and it's almost freaky, I should say. <laughs> I, I, I never stop. I, I don't know why I should stop. What I'm gonna do? Right. I mean, oh, of course, I have like a regular job, you know. 
well, I didn't have I didn't had a, a regular job for years. You know, not so long ago, I was just doing the band. Right. Wow. The the thing is like Necronomicon is like everything. I'm writing everything. I'm writing all the music, the lyrics, and everything. So I have hundred percent royalties. There's no split there. It's hundred percent mine. Oh wow! That's nice. That's so, real nice. So when you're you're not not a local band, and as soon as there's money, there's money that's coming in. I I, I was making enough money to be able to make a living with that. I mean, it's, it's not that I was rich. You know, it's not that idea. Like I'm living in right. a, I'm, I'm living in a regular apartment. I don't have like freaking like condos or creating crazy. You don't shit. have a place on the beach in Maui. Oh no! First, I fucking hate you know that kind of weather. <laughs> you are Canadian. I, I would probably live like you know, like in Austria and Switzerland in the mountains. That's more my style. Uh, we can't talk anymore. I want the heat and the beach. Oh no, brother. Me oh. too. Nope, nope. I fucking hate that. <laughs> and I, I can't wait to have the snow when I am. I can wait. They have snow in fucking Calgary now. I, I wish know. I could. There. My God, I love I love winter. You're about to get it soon enough, I'm sure. In, in yeah, Montreal, Montreal's really shitty. It's really so slouchy, and I, you know. But when you go in the north, where I come from, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really the real cold. Like you know, what you walk outside and it's crunchy, nice. It's like <laughs> and the snow. It's awesome. And your but eyes look- freeze together when you blink. <laughs> yeah, like it burn when you breathe. Oh my god, I love that. I love that. A good minus thirty, you know, Celsius. It's awesome, Bruce. That's about. That's approximately minus thirty Fahrenheit. Uh, we're gonna do this stupid shit with Celsius and Fahrenheit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that. Don't no, me. Chris is Canadian too, and he's always giving me a hard time. And oh. it, Celsius makes no sense to me. So Chris, like- where, where are you from? Vancouver. Van. Okay, you're from Van. Fuck yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, I, I moved to the States about a year and a half ago. So I still don't understand Fahrenheit and miles and all that stuff. So <laughs> I give Bruce a hard time. <laughs> even, though, I, even though I'm a guest in his country. Right. <laughs> Canadians are so like hockey last, players, right? I They're just going to give it to you no matter what. I do love the States. Contrary oh, me too. To a lot of people... A lot of people here, especially you, fucking and me, it's like, dude, you you don't know, man. I spent so much time in the States. I love the States. This, it's not true that, you know, there's morons everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and yes, there's fucking piece of shit in the States, but there's morons here in Montreal also, and a lot in the French community, everywhere, everywhere, there's fucking piece of shit and there's good people. And I've been in trouble with mechanical trouble while touring. And I had help like I never had ever anywhere else, like in the States. Right. Oh, that's one thing I found when I moved down here. There was so much people, like amazing people in it. And what they, some people were not even charging us. And I was like, you can't do that. It's your business, your mechanic. I said, dude, you're in shit. And here, right. Dude. That's and beautiful. When yeah. we have a day off, and we're passing around. Where, where, what's that place? Fuck, I don't remember the, the freaking state. But it's around Min- uh, Minneapolis, I think. And when we have a day off, we go there. We still go see the people there. That's really cool. And just big hugs and, you know, bring beer and 
just stay an hour or two with them and it's super emotional it's that's it's, nice i mean i mean these people and i i, I have no word i have no words to to express and that right. happened quite a few times and it, and even in fucking texas i met some amazing people in texas i mean fuck dude, it's fucking cowboys yeah we have cowboys in alberta too so what <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but it's true i was it's born true. in alberta i'm aware some some people in texas they have the, that kind of texas they always say the texas the south hospitality oh that's that exists that's it does, a true, yeah it's awesome i love this that's awesome actually i love more touring the states and europe so far nice, nice. It, i know well, it's that's all weird, but... right. <laughs> That's all I've got, Rob. Chris, you got anything else? I don't, man. It was a real pleasure having you on the show today. Thank oh, you so much. Cool, man. You guys are fucking fantastic. Beautiful. Right on. Thanks for taking the time, brother. I really appreciate it. Yo, thank you so much. Really appreciate. I always like to speak with you know, good Jack because you're good Jacks. <laughs> yeah. The, At least I am. I don't know well, about the I other one. you are. Okay. Well, uh, okay. Uh, hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm from, I'm going to try and catch you here. I'm going to try and run into you when you're here in Richmond. So, okay, that's Look all. Out for me. I'll, I'll just, follow you when you get closer. Yeah, okay. Just be sure to send it to the email, the link, or when it's. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We're probably like a week or two out, but I'll get it to you when it's up, okay. and we'll go from there. Oh, it's all good. All right, be well, my friend. Thank you. Good luck with the record. See ya. Bye. Cheers. Right, bye. Nice guy. Yeah, super guy, right? Yeah, so nice. He could talk too. That's pretty cool. Very, very French. <laughs> yeah, very French. I told you. But nice guy. He did that. And I, my first introduction to him was the movie, and he was super nice and accommodating and, you know, intelligently speaking. So that was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Hello out there. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!